Welcome to the Success in Every Season podcast, where success means celebrating progress over perfection every day. This episode is brought to you by Fight Forward Solutions, LLC. I'm Kinley, and today I want to talk about something that is extremely personal for me. I want to talk about my weight. And as we delve into this topic of weight, we'll discuss body image, obesity, the associated stigma, and how I've learned and continue to learn to cope with these issues as a person who is a walking, living, breathing human serving and and living my life in a larger body. So this podcast is going to go a little differently, I think, than, than how the podcasts I've done in the past have gone. So I want to share some facts, but I also want to get really personal about what it's like to live in a plus size body and how, how to navigate that. Because the reality is we were, we were all created on purpose for a unique purpose. And I talk about this a lot. And so I think it's really important to address this topic because as a coach as someone who is a trained behavioral scientist someone who has extensive understanding of of the scientific side of obesity i understand the you know the health risks the economic impact all of the disparities and everything that i'm not saying i understand everything but i'm saying i understand a lot more than the average person about this Uh, than the average person does about this because of my background in public health. So I want to look at it from that perspective, but I also want to look at it in a really personal perspective. So I hope you'll stick with me because I don't, I don't know exactly where this will take us, except that it will take us to, to a place that's honest. And my, my hope in discussing this isn't to make you feel sorry for people who live with obesity or who face this stigma, but rather to really empower and and to educate people who who may just need to to challenge themselves. You may need to step back and say, wait, are the things that I'm doing helpful? <laughs> or am I am I adding to this unhealthy, you know, fitspo um, diet culture that we often see online? Am I am I serving people or or am I calling them up or am I, am I just shaming them? And so I, I want to talk to that person. And I also want to talk to you, the, the person listening to this podcast, who maybe walks around with extra weight, who maybe struggles to walk up a flight of stairs as quickly as your friends, or who finds it hard to make friends because you, you don't always feel comfortable stepping out. Um, so it's, it's a very, it's a very sensitive topic and I want to talk about it, um, from a place that is really personal to me and also honor people who may have different opinions, who may have different values. So bear with me as, as I really try to unpack what's on my heart and what's, what's been on my heart for years, but it has come to light a lot this week, sort of in the last week, the importance of really talking about it. So First, I will say that when I when I started graduate school, the CDC, which is several years ago now, the CDC 
the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, said that the prevalence of obesity in the United States was around 42%. It was actually a little higher, and this is going back again several years, and, and we've seen an increase in this this percentage over the last several years and childhood obesity is also a really significant concern. I actually wrote my master thesis about, about lifestyle factors in children that, that actually uh, kind of can predict um, in, in childhood as adolescent behaviors that could predict obesity in adulthood. So that we know that obesity can cause a lot of health problems and that, that there are various risks associated with it. <clears throat> it's more likely that someone who has obesity, and, and I'm saying it that way because I don't identify myself as an obese person. I identify myself as a person who has obesity. So I, it's something that is part of me, but it's it's no longer my whole identity. So that's that's the reason. If it seems odd that I'm saying it like that, that's that's the way I'm saying it because it's part of my journey, it's part of my experience, but it's not the whole of my experience. And I, I think it's important to make that clear from from moment one. So people with obesity are more likely to develop to develop heart disease, to have strokes, to to develop type two diabetes. There are certain kinds of cancer. Sleep apnea is a really big one for people who are uh, people of size, people who are carrying more weight. Um, that That's something that, that can really cause you not to sleep well. It can lead to sleep deprivation. It can lead to self-deprivation for, for the person with sleep apnea and for the person sleeping next to them. So, and there are other there are other effects. I mean, there are a lot of mental effects, emotional effects of, of living with obesity that include anxiety, low self-esteem, things like that. So there's also a very real economic impact. Obesity is expensive, but, but we're not going to blame the, the medical costs on obesity in this podcast because we're not doing a lot as much as we could do. And, and I'm saying this as a, as an expert in, in public health and in, um, in this particular area of population science, we're blaming fat people for being fat, but we're not doing a lot of things as a whole, as a society to, to help people actually create healthy habits. I mean, there are, there are people certainly in our country who are doing that, but we are simultaneously as a as a nation we are um just reeling from from the cost like the medical cost which is estimated to be in the hundreds of billions and and this was this is a whole different topic that i probably won't talk about here but um obesity gets blamed for a significant i mean they it really it, it carries a, a big a big part of the bill when we're thinking about medical costs that are associated with obesity but preventative care is something that's only kind of starting to make sense and before we get into the personal stuff i also want to say that there are a lot of disparities that um, that really exist that that we can see in these these hyper obese rates among different different groups. So they're typically and and again this is this is something that's so interesting to me because it's so personal to me. But obesity rates tend to be a lot higher among Hispanic, 
uh, Black and, and Native American or First Nation um, individuals and, and communities. So there are a lot, a lot of various contributing factors. You know, there are some, some people, I mean, you kind of think of obesity, you think immediately we are trained there is there is a social construct in our in our society in our nation to kind of um blame the um interplay of, of different behavioral and environmental factors and it's true i mean sedentary lifestyle poor diet um high fat high high caloric intake lack of physical activity all of those things um are are certainly a part of the contributing factors they are contributing factors to obesity, but um, there are a lot of issues for for people um, just in different parts of the nation's food deserts where, uh, and part of our nation where people find it really hard to access food that's healthy, uh, which, which thankfully is not my issue. I'm grateful for that. I have access to fruit and vegetables and um, lean proteins and things, but I just I just want to be very clear: it's not as simple as lifestyle choices. There are that's a part of it, but there are also various um, emotional disorders. There are different genetic factors, epigenetics. There are a lot of sciencey things that that we could get into if like any other person found this interesting, but um, <clears throat> hormonal disorders and hyperthyroidism, things like that. Um, PCOS is is a pretty, it's, it's not why everyone's overweight, but it's definitely is a symptom of polycystic ovary syndrome is sort of, uh, it can affect your metabolism and it can lead to weight gain. So there are, those are just a few examples, socioeconomic factors, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, healthy food options are limited for a lot of Americans and a lot of people across the world, but we're really focusing um, right now on our, our community. That's, that's the focus of my thought today. So there are a lot of different reasons people are overweight. And the reality is we are, we are a heavy nation at, at over, 42% several years ago and, and climbing. We've been on a trajectory of overweight and obesity in the country for a long time. It's very important. I think as we, as we talk about obesity, as we talk about living a plus size life, that we really focus on how obesity is sometimes not always but but again we're getting personal today in my case obesity came largely as a result of of definitely of things i was taught sure but also um there there were lifestyle factors involved and and things like that but there was also sort of a, a cycle of shame that that i began to to believe and that's really what I want to talk about today. So now that's a really long intro to say all of this, but I was a really young child when I was taught that being fat was bad. And, and if you could see me, you'd know that I'm making um, little air quotes because I really, I mean, I can remember almost as far back as I have memories, I can remember thinking that fat was bad. And during my high school senior year, my weight actually doubled. So kind of, I think people knew that there were a lot of things going on. There were 
um, some traumatic things happening in my life at that time. And I'm not making excuses, um, but I am sharing my lived experience and how it really contributed to my weight, which really spiraled out of control for the next several years. So I went from um, kind of as a child, believing that fat was bad, like like just being taught that that, that wasn't right. And, and I say taught that, I mean, you know, people didn't sit me down and say, Hey, being, being fat is bad, but I saw the way that people made jokes. And, um, I can remember, um, the first time I, I really took on, it became less about fat being bad and more about me being bad. I remember being, um, nine or 10 years old. I'm, I'm not sure I'd have to, I'd have to ask my dad how old I was, but because he remembers this moment, it was kind of a defining moment for me. I was I was going to eat a piece of peanut butter fudge. And if you have had my mother's peanut butter fudge, then and if you like that kind of thing, gosh, I mean, it's so good when I tell you it is so good. <laughs> oh, I can picture it now. And I know how to make it now too. And I'm very, I'm very sparing with it because I can just, I mean, there's not, a, not many things that I care to overeat now, but goodness, I, I can eat some peanut butter fudge, mom's recipe. But I remember, I remember my grandma making a comment. I don't, really even think I remember making, I don't remember her comment, but I remember my dad's response. So, um, she was talking about how, if I, if I ate the fudge, I would get fat and, and I, or something like that. And I don't know the actual, the exact comment is less important than my dad's response. So my dad's response was, Hey, you know, don't talk to my kid that way. You know, he really came to my defense and he was doing that, um, out of his love for me, I believe, but it, it, helped me sort of build this case in my head that that fat was bad and, and that I was or or that I would be um if I got fat so <clears throat> dad totally not blaming you <laughs> I want to say I think I think my parents did their best and um you know we're all works in progress but that was sort of a defining moment for me another defining moment was when I was in second grade and this kid whose face I can't remember, whose name I don't remember, like, I, seriously, you could offer me like $10 million to tell you this kid's name and I would have no idea. Like this person was so insignificant in in my mind, but, it, but I remember him making fun of me for being fat. And it was before I even like realized that I was chubby, like I was chubby, but I didn't, I didn't really notice that yet. You know, I hadn't figured that out about myself, I guess. I didn't think of myself in that light. And I remember him making a comment and, um, <clears throat> and, and feeling really ugly. And, uh, so, so in that very young mind of mine, I realized like, oh, wow, fat is bad. And like, I'm bad. So I allowed myself to sort of develop that belief. And in my, in my senior year of high school, when I, um, sort of my weight began to spiral out of control, there were reasons for it. I mean, there were reasons for it that I, I probably won't, won't talk about, um, online because I, I never want them to be taken out of context, but there were very difficult things that, that had occurred 
um, in my childhood and then and then that occurred that year specifically that were so hard and so i started gaining weight and i had my reasons for it you know i was seeking comfort from food i had a very unhealthy relationship with food but it started a cycle. I began to allow myself to take on shame rather than address the trauma that I had experienced. And as that happened, as that those traumatic events occurred and, and just kind of a, a, I had already built up sort of this, you know, I had seen the way people talk. I had seen the way that the media interacts, the way people in my family you know, some of my extended family acted and, and I just built this belief that because of authority that I was learning to speak in my life, I, I, I built this belief that I was bad and, and that led to a decade of anger and isolation and smoke and mirrors that eventually formed my identity. So I went from being a person, you know, I was a happy-go-lucky kid. I really enjoyed high school. I was in choir, you know, I did dance choir. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> I was definitely a choir nerd. I talked about that with friends recently who were also choir nerds and it was such a fun experience. But I remember that turning point when that traumatic thing happened and, and I didn't deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I'm not blaming my old self, but what happened was I, I let the opinions of broken, hurting, insecure people, including myself, carry more weight than the truth. No pun intended. Okay. <laughs> so, um, for years, I mean, I just, I wanted to be anyone other than who I was. And I mean, I took it to the extreme. Okay. Like I will say that when I decide to do something, I typically, I go all in and I typically do it well. And I, and I will tell you that I, I desperately wanted to be someone I wasn't. And so for years, there were so many things I could tell you that would be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I've talked about them with close friends and, and I'll say that I just, I went to really great lengths to just avoid having to look at myself. I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I think that I, I went through a season of life and um, in which I put a blanket over my mirror because I didn't want to look at myself. And it was less about the fact that, that I was fat <clears throat> and more about the fact that I felt like a failure. I felt like I had let everyone down. I felt like I had let myself down and I felt like such a coward for not not facing my issues. So, so I was beating myself up for being overweight. And then I was beating myself up for not like trying to make it different. And, and I was speaking words over myself that were so deadly, so poisonous. And, and at one point, I mean, I really did, um, I, I really did consider ending my life and I can talk about it calmly now, but for a long time, it was, it was such a dark, I mean, when I tell you that I, I lived a decade of anger and isolation and smoke and mirrors, like I just wanted to be anybody other than who I was. I hated myself and I hated myself for not trying. I hated myself for not getting it right. And I just, I, I lived in this cycle, <clears throat> this spiral of, of just allowing broken, 
hurting insecure people, like I said, myself being at the top of that list at this point, carry, carry more weight, carry more authority toward who I believed I was than, than really, than really anything else. And so my life was lonely and I, I went so far, like there were, there were so many issues uh, for me during those isolating times like I legally changed my name like I wasn't um I wasn't born as Kenley my legal name is Kenley and it has been Kenley for a long time but I just was so desperate to try to escape and I didn't know what else to do and and so I was just I I tried everything I mean I bought expensive handbags I changed my name that's that's a pretty you know like I said I would go all in that was a pretty significant one. Um, my birth name was Shelly and I changed, I have never talked about this online before. This is, this is a very vulnerable topic for me, but my birth name was Shelly and I changed my name legally to Kenley, which feels like the most natural thing in the world. I did it so long ago. It's been, it's been part of my life for so long, but I did that much like I allowed myself to gain a lot of weight, I did that to sort of just hope that there would be some sort of, of path out to just the devastation, the helplessness that I felt. Um, and it was a cool thing. It was a cool thing. And I'm telling you that to get to a point that <clears throat> I really, I, I, I really allowed the, the enemy to just come in and just destroy my heart. I mean, my, my identity was really, was rooted in my imperfection and my inability to, um, change my weight in my, my identity. I mean, I really took on an identity of shame and unworthiness. And I will tell you, it was, it felt really, it felt really helpless for a very long time. Now, you know, over a decade later, um, I absolutely know that everyone has opinions, but I don't have to believe these things just because they were spoken over me. So <clears throat> I know now that I don't have to agree with people just because they have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion and there are a lot of, um, phrases about that, that talk about how we all have one, but the reality is what's most important what's even more important than how i see myself is how god sees me and and i say even <clears throat> i say it's even more important but really i think it's equally important that i see myself the way that he does and so years later god continues to heal my heart and i'm really equipped to scrutinize the lies that that i lived in for so long of shame and unworthiness so my first attempt um, at, at releasing that shame and unworthiness came in losing weight. I lost a lot of weight. I kept a lot of it off for a lot of years and a lot of it's still gone, not forgotten, but gone. I, I, at one point I weighed, I weighed, I weigh about 300 pounds now. And at one point I weighed about, I don't know, the scale went up to 450 and it aired out for a few weeks. So I think I weighed a little bit more than that. So um, so I, I lost a significant amount of weight. I joined Weight Watchers back in 2009. I stopped drinking soft drinks <clears throat> and I only recently had, 
had a Sprite Zero, um, and I will talk about that maybe today, maybe another day, but I had a Sprite Zero for the first time uh, well over a decade later, and it was fine. But um, I quit drinking soft drinks in April of 2009. I joined Weight Watchers, and I dropped 100 pounds in about... 13 months. Then I continued the program and I, I was able to, to drop more weight. So I was, I was able at that time to significantly reduce my chances of a stroke or a heart attack or any other sort of myocardial event, uh, because I had, I had reduced that weight. And then I gained a portion of it back, but I, I kept off a significant amount of weight and I regained a portion of it and then had weight loss surgery. I had the gastric sleeve, um, gosh, several years ago as well. So I was able to um, through that, you know, I didn't get skinny, but I learned how to really control my portion. So for a long time, I felt like I was a failure then too, even after God had healed my heart for so long and I had made so much progress, I still felt like a failure because, you know, I only lost about 80, I don't know, 80 plus pounds post-surgery. And I really, I don't know how much I would have had to lose to feel successful, but I didn't feel successful. So I, I again, was looking at myself and realizing like, okay, um, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. So I can either focus on what I didn't do well or focus on the fact that I have a healthy relationship with food now uh, more than I ever have in life. So um, there are still areas that I very much need to improve on, but I don't, I don't overeat often. And I, that's, it's been great. I've kept off triple digit weight for, you know, years and years and years. And that, that feels amazing. So that's the really practical side. Step one was just trying to lose weight. And <clears throat> I thought that when I did, I would start to like myself, but I really didn't start to necessarily like myself until I changed my perspective. And this is something that really came to light again for me last year, because this whole journey, I think life and pursuing success in an area or uh, pursuing a right, uh, a healthy view of yourself um, is a process. And it's sort of, you know, we can use the onion analogy here. So as I was saying years later, uh, it was around uh, 20, it was March of 2013 when I realized that God wasn't mad at me, that I hadn't sinned too much, that he hadn't forgotten me and that he loves me. And, and he began to heal my heart in new ways. So I, I had dropped a significant amount of weight by the, by the time I came into relationship with the Lord. And I really just surrendered my life to him. Um, but I began to really understand the devastation of my words and how awful I was toward myself and and the things that um, someone had spoken over me 20 years ago, I was still believing about my life. And God really helped me see his love really helped me see that I am loved. I am, I am a person who carries more weight than is healthy to, you know, to be my absolute best self. And in, and losing weight is something that I desire to do, but it's not something I'm actively pursuing right now. It's not, it's not in my top three priorities right now. 
So um, some people would say it should be, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but the bigger priorities have been for me over the last few years, my education, um, adjusting to um, my, you know, living a married life over the last several years and learning how to budget and how to build wealth and things like that. So get out of debt, save, grow a business, all of these things. So these have been my priorities. Losing weight has not been the priority for me that it once was or that it could be. But here's the truth. God says that I am loved, I'm called, created for a purpose. And and he says the same thing about you. Like if you're listening right now and you're not sure if God loves you, let me just be clear. He loves you and he's called you and he created you for a specific purpose. And what's beautiful about that is that God's calling on my life, God's calling on your life is not contingent on our ability to achieve perfection on earth. The reality is no matter how much you do, no matter how much you accomplish, there will be things that you want to continue to improve. And I will tell you, you know, as someone who is, I I talk about being a behavioral scientist a lot. It's only because I'm excited about it. It's because it's a dream come true to be able to um, consider the the driving factors that that those things are motivations and and to understand how those affect the the choices that we make how our expectations lead to our outcomes and it, and it's very it's very clear to me now the bible says it and science backs it up that what's in our what's in our thoughts are are who we are and and so it's very important it's very important to guard our thoughts and to guard the things that are words that we say over ourselves and over others because the enemy's lies about you will never stand against the scrutiny of god's truth about you but if you want to fight the very real enemy who says to you hey you'll never be enough you'll never have enough no one will ever want you no one will ever think you're pretty enough to put you on tv no one will up to share a really important message no one will hire you no one will let you into school or whatever that thing is those are just some of the things that that came to me uh they're not true it doesn't stand it cannot stand against the truth of what god says about you he says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made that you are his masterpiece created in christ jesus for works set forth specifically for you to do and there there is so much pressure on us i think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves or i know i put a lot of pressure on myself to to make sure that I'm achieving, make sure that that I'm doing things that I'm proud of. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's cool. God's given me specific talents and specific abilities. And I think it's incredible that he's willing to do that. He gives each of us talents and each of us gifts. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, gosh, there is no way around the fact that God loves you and he is for you. And that there are, there are going to be things that that are hard they're going to be things that you have to fight for and look if you want to lose weight do it i i believe that we should do everything we can to honor god with our bodies and our lives but let's be clear about our motivations and recognize that we do not have to lose weight 
to earn love. We're worthy of love right now and we're worthy of it because God says we're worthy of it. Again, he says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you're his masterpiece. The only reason, the only reason you exist is because God wanted you to. He loves you and and it's not based on your ability to achieve perfection. And, and I, I remind myself a lot of this because there are... <clears throat> There are so many things I want to do, so many things that I want to achieve, but I I want and and I really believe that that at the core of mankind, we want to be we want to be truly seen and loved and known. And God gives us that opportunity, and I don't want us to glaze over it to miss out on everything he's given us because we are so focused on buying into diet culture. I, I, there, (laughs) I'm a plus size person who has like a decent reach, a, a, a nice sphere of influence. And I get asked a lot, gosh, if there is a diet plan, especially these MLM diet plans, I get asked, people are like, Hey, you want to go to lunch? But really, do you want to buy my diet stuff? No, I don't. Again, that's when I get all like, I'm a scientist and this is really bad for you. Good. If it's working for you, fine, but I'm not doing that to myself. What I'm doing right now, the season that I am in right now is the season in which I am recognizing that God made every delicate inner part of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. And I have a message for you. If you are struggling with what you look like or feeling that you aren't good enough, aren't pretty enough, aren't smart enough to be the person in the room who speaks up or to be the person in the room who goes for what you want, then I want to be very clear with you that the enemy is lying to you. You don't have to be skinny. You don't have to have the right clothes. You don't have to have the right car or the right accessories to be worthy of of friendships, of, of deep relationships. I mean, I think, I think one of the most healing things outside of recognizing that God wasn't disappointed me in me and that maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe there's more work. Clearly there's, (laughs) there's more work that he wants to do in me, but, um, he's not, he's not disappointed in me. He's not mad at me. One of the, the next most powerful things was recognizing that, I could have friends who would who would like me, who would accept me. I have a husband who thinks I'm beautiful. Like he thinks I'm the best. He looks at me and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> like it's it's not, I didn't have to change everything about myself to be loved, but I had to chase, I had to change my perception of myself and my my identity. I had to look at my identity and determine who I really am so that I could receive love, so that I could stop like with all of the negative self-talk. I mean, we're hearing a lot about how that's not good. It is awful. It is poisonous and it is a waste of time. It is not cute. If you were out there being self-deprecating, telling everyone how awful you are, how ugly you are, whatever, stop it. It's not cute. It's actually arrogant and you're better than that. Okay. Again, God made all of the delicate inner parts of your body and he knit you together. And, and Psalm 139 says that, and it says that he knew every one of your days, every one of my days before a single one came to pass. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And if you're like me, you lose a ton of hair. 
I still have so much hair, but I find hair everywhere. And God knows the number at any given time. It says that his thoughts about us are more vast than the grains of sand. I mean, this is a God who loves you so much. He loves you enough. He loves me enough to meet us right where we are and help us like align things little by little so that we accomplish his purpose so that we live a life that's pleasing to him and again i I believe that we should honor god with our bodies i honor god with my body by controlling the amount of food that i put in my mouth i honor god with my body by by moving it and exercising it i honor god with my body by uh speaking life over it instead of death and so i i last year you know, I'm a success coach and I, and I have an ontological coach and my, my ontological coach is also my medical doctor. So he's very familiar with my, with my weight, with my weight management. And, and he's very encouraging about it because it's a difficult thing to keep off triple digits, no matter how you lost it. You know, there are people who discount weight loss surgery and that's just foolish. I think they probably do that because they haven't been in those shoes, but it's a difficult thing. It, it was among the hardest physical things I've gone through and people have different experiences, but regardless of how a person keeps off triple digit weight loss, it's a big deal and so he's very encouraging about that he reminds me of that and i was having a conversation with him during one of our coaching sessions about a year ago and he said tell me about your relationship with your body because i was telling him hey i want to lose weight there's just a certain number that feels impossible and to be honest it still does it's it's <laughs> it's it's not far at all from where i weigh but it, it feels like so impossible so we're still working through that sort of emotional barrier that i have for whatever reason you know i have this barrier Um, so he likes me to focus less on the number and more in this particular situation. He wanted me to focus on my body. So at the time, gosh, I guess it's been more than a year ago because at the time he said, okay, tell me about your relationship with your body. And I said, well, I'm a plus size person who teaches health classes at an elite university, (laughs) health communication. And I, which I was doing at the time. I'm a success coach who helps people take step-by-step, like build behaviors and and beliefs about themselves that help them really succeed, even though I'm overweight. And I'm a person who has a recurring segment on a morning TV show, um, even though I look like this. And I'm a person who sings leads worship at a mega church you know even though i'm in this body nobody else has a body like mine um on on these platforms at at these other campuses you know i don't look like anybody else but i've been given the uh, privilege to do that so you know i continued listing all of these things he asked me to go list i did and he said wow kenley what what's interesting here is that um you said all of these things about your body and how you do these things, you know, in spite of your body. And, and in reality, what I'm hearing is you couldn't do any of things, these things without your body. So I realized I was like, wow, yeah, 
I couldn't be on on a stage inviting people into God's presence if I didn't have a body, you know? So so I, not only do I need to treat mine with care, but I also need to honor it with my words. And, and so it really, um, as I realized that as, as much as healing as I've accomplished, as much as I have grown, there's still so much more. So I've spent the last year really peeling back the layers um, and and taking in the reality that my body allows me to do a lot of things. And now I'm grateful for it. And um, I don't I don't live in that shame. I don't live in a in a space in which I can't look at myself. I look at myself and I tell myself I'm adorable. And I practice truths um, that I really believe that that have retrained me to think, what I think about, about my body, like, wow, my body is really strong. Like I can swim a mile and it's not even a thing. Like that's, that's cool. And I might be slower than I want to be, but I can swim a mile. I can bike 10 or 20 miles. Like, well, pretty much I can easily bike 10 miles. 20 is more challenging, but you get the idea. So I, I've sort of taken all of those, um, those perspectives I have, which were a lot nicer than they were a decade ago and really started to place the truth on them that, hey, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew I was going to struggle with my weight and he made me anyway. And if you're someone who's struggling with your weight, please know that God made you knowing that you would struggle with that and you are not alone in that struggle. He is right there with you and he is willing to carry you when it is too hard to walk and he's willing to empower you and to change your heart because I really believe that my heart has had to go through these changes. My mind has had to go through these changes before I could even even care enough or love myself enough to realize, hey, maybe I should increase my protein intake or my veggie intake. Um, I really had to start somewhere. And so going back to how uh, early on, I kind of dropped in that I changed my name. What was really interesting is that I did that because I was just so displeased with who I was. And there are a lot of other reasons that again, would be way too much to get into on this podcast, but I changed my name. And so I was born Shelly Murray. And so I, I legally changed it. Like I went to court, I had to have it like in the newspaper because when you change your name, you have to, has to be this whole big thing. So I went to court, I changed it legally. And years later, actually, this was only I guess, I guess it's been several years ago now, but, um, I reconnected with a friend. Uh, it was a very cool story that it is probably too long to share now, but I reconnected with a friend through a mutual friend I have, uh, we have here in new Orleans. And, um, it was someone who, you know, cared about me a lot, who knew me in those dark years, um, right after the, the trauma was really unfolding in my, uh, teenage life. And, um, I, she realized this, this couple, they realized that I had, had changed my name legally. So it was hard to find me. So, um, this mutual friend, it was such a cool story. A friend who lives a thousand miles away said, Hey, you know, I'm friends with this person. And, and anyway, we, we ended up reconnecting in the most like cool, like God intentional, like there's no way it wasn't God. And, um, so I ended up getting to go visit them about four years ago. And they remembered me as Kenley 
and uh, I mean, as Shelly, and but they they knew that that I'd gone by Kinley. And I mean, I, I don't I don't think twice when someone yells Shelly. I don't I just don't think about it. I I so identify with with Kinley. But when I was with them, she said, "Do you know what Shelly means?" And I said, "Yeah." Um, Shelly, I, I remember I, I had a little uh, little paper <laughs> that was in a frame that said Shelly. It means meadow. Um, the meaning of my name was Meadow. So she did a deep dive into what Kinley meant. And guess what Kinley meant? Kinley meant the King's Meadow. And I thought that was so phenomenal. Like thinking about it now, I just think like, how good is God, right? So when she told me this, <clears throat> I just immediately started crying because just in, in relief and in joy, because in those moments when I just desperately wanted to be unseen, when I desperately wanted to be anyone other than I was, I was still exactly me to the Lord. God saw me in the image that he created me in. He saw past my weight. He saw past the struggles that I was having, the the lies I would tell, the, the hearts that would hurt, mine hurting most of all. I think the, just the, the, helplessness like he he cut right through all of that and showed me hey i am always with you and his word says it and man he proved it to me he said i will never leave you and i will never forsake you so if you are a person who is feeling helpless or if you're a person who feels like hey you know maybe god's forgotten me or you know maybe maybe i'm just not meant to live this abundant life that he talks about um please 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 know that i have seen the goodness of god in my own life i have lived and and experienced his goodness and i'm gonna tell people about it as long as they listen because the same the same goodness the same love the same intentionality that god created when he chose to make me he he used all of that intention when he made you and you you can be skinnier you can be fatter you can be more successful less successful there is nothing you can ever do to separate yourself from God's love for you and and what's so beautiful about that is he loves you right now right now just how you are, whatever you're going through, he loves you right now. And his word says, if you come near to him, he will come near to you. So my prayer is that if you're listening to this, that you will <clears throat> invite God into your life. Like whether things are going really well right now, or you're struggling, invite God in, open the word. You can go to Psalm 139. I talk about it a lot. You can go to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Just really open the word and, and just read and believe and practice, practice speaking over yourself what God believes about you because he loves you and you're only here because he wanted you. You're only here because he wanted you to come and, and live this abundant life and worship him and ultimately spend eternity with him. So um, it's about so much more. <laughs> Than the number on the scale it's about just really accepting that even though i'm not you know where i'd like to be in some areas i'd like to make more progress i'm not where i was and god's never going to love me more or less than he does right now he is all faithful all knowing 
and and he loves you with an everlasting lavish unfathomable love and and i'm just so thankful for that truth in my life because it it brought me from helpless and and depressed and isolated into this life-giving world where i have the ability now to let people in and i have the ability to look at myself and be good with who i am and and to recognize that someone can have an opinion but it doesn't make it a fact and i don't have to give any random person or any any person even even inside vocal relationships i get to choose who has the authority to speak into my life and i'm choosing now to believe what god's word says about me that he has plans and and i believe this for you too i just want to speak this over you that god has plans to prosper you to not harm you to give you hope and a future and his word says when we call on him he'll answer us when we seek him we'll find him so i pray that if you're struggling right now that you will just invite God into your situation and allow him to show you his great love for you. And I'm just so thankful that that he's shown that to me. If you want to keep this conversation going, please check out my website. It's fightforward.com. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, share it on your socials and tag me at fightforward. And I'll see you next time.